Hey, Armstrong and Getty here. And the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation. Good or bad or mediocre will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. Couple more quick words that died out of the English language that should make a comeback. This one was popular in the 1500s. Wombo cropped. Wombo crot? Aff- aff- afflicted with a rolling, gaseous, churning uneasiness in the stomach. We've all had that. Yes. A slug of bed, someone who spends all the time sleeping later, idling in bed. I like that one. It's a real easy slug of bed. Slug of bed. And this one, I leave this for last because this is one I'm going to actually start using. Uh, died out in the 1600s. Grumbletonians, people who are angry or discontent with their government. Wow. Grumbletonians. <laughs> a couple of Grumbletonians, the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's pretty much accurate. I wanted to play this for you. I made reference to it a little bit earlier. Here it is. My daughter, Lil D, is in Italy, hanging out with two Italian teenagers. Um, they've bonded. They're having fun. It's her graduation present. And evidently, they got into a conversation about what, <laughs> and this is a classic, what animals, uh, what noise they make in different languages. Maybe you've seen one of these things, you know. And uh, For instance, um, in uh, Italy, when they spell out what a rooster says, it's something like kikiriki. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's what it says. And here's the moment where she explained to them, uh, what we say a rooster says in America. It's 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 over my mic. Don't worry. Cock a doodle doo. They're all doubled over laughing over cock a doodle doo. Foreign college girls amused by the fact. That roosters go cock-a-doodle-doo. As to. are so stupid. <laughs> that was my point. Thank you for helping me make it. <laughs> and then some correspondence, I think, are, are uh, worth sharing. You can email us, armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. You can text us, 415-295-KFTC. Uh, this is very brief. Uh, Al Anonymous has informed us that the SEIU, the giant... Communist-affiliated public employees union, uh, among other things. The Service Employees International Union, the SEIU, is having construction work done at their offices in Sacramento, California, where they hold sway. They actually own the Capitol, uh, and they're using a non-union contractor to do their construction work. Hilarious. Hypocrisy writ large. And then this from Al Anonymous, who writes... On the topic of the NFL concussion study, etc., I am a retired NFL player, age 70. 
I played six seasons in the NFL, four in college, high school, junior high, total of 16 years. I can clearly sort of recall being knocked out 12 times. That's the only head condition at the time that would require a player to leave a game being unconscious. You probably should leave the game at this point. At that point, there was very little in the way of concussion protocol at the time. Today, any sign of fatigue, exhaustion, disorientation, etc. has a kid on the sidelines with his helmet confiscated by the medical staff. By the way, those are the same symptoms for heat exhaustion. I see this on a regular basis as a high school football coach for nine years. But I also see concussions from soccer, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, rugby, and frisbee golf. Wow. You're doing frisbee golf wrong if you get a concussion. No kidding. Uh, there are over 20,000 retired players, and like most of them, my head injuries have not had any apparent impact on my life. However, the arthritis from shoulder separations, hip injuries, broken fingers, wrists, etc., have had much more of an impact. When the NFL announced its concussion settlement last year, I received 18 letters from various law firms ready to handle my settlement in a state. Wow, I'm sure glad they're available to help us out. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Al Anonymous. Our old boss was a college football player, and he couldn't... Uh... He couldn't turn his head the way he wanted to, look at his computer screen or whatever, because it hurt his neck. Right. And John Madden famously said, if you play one NFL game, your body will never be the same for the rest of your life. Which I believe. Absolutely believe that. How many people would would do that? I wouldn't. Mine ain't so great now, so I can't imagine how bad it would be. Uh, I I don't don't know. I, I I was I loved playing football. Then I realized I was a bad football player. Slow, can't jump, small hands. Not a lot of jobs for me on the football team. I could punt a little bit. Then a, a great deal of reaction to our discussion of mercenaries yesterday. We talked to the fabulous Mike Lyons earlier who disputed um, Mr. Mark Perry's allegation that uh, many uh, contractors uh, slash mercenaries are hacks. Uh, Drew writes, just finished listening to Mark Perry ignorantly prattle on about contractors. Well, I thought he said a lot of good stuff, but I think he was wrong on the professionalism. I spent four years in Air Force Intelligence, followed by another eight as a defense contractor. Uh, While while contracting, I spent a significant amount of time in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, If if Joe thinks the permission slips Apple makes you sign or onerous, that was actually Jack railing about that, but uh, you should see the paperwork required by the Department of Defense before you go overseas as a contractor, Um, et cetera, et cetera. One of the reasons, I found this part really interesting. One of the main reasons contractors become so valuable, especially in non-combat roles, is the rate of attrition among the enlisted folks was so high that the military relied on cross-training people from other military occupational specialties to fill the gaps in um, in the officer ranks, essentially. As you know, the badassedness of our military is primarily due to specialization. So this cross-training meant that many junior enlisted guys had more time actually doing the work than their non-commissioned officers, NCOs. Enter contractors. In many deployed scenarios, especially on the intel side, contractors become the subject matter experts since they usually have 5 to 20 years of experience doing the actual work. So uh, the military struggles with the time-honored I've been in this department eight years. Why am I taking orders from you? Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about this. You just got here because they're desperate for an officer to fill the role. So I found that interesting. Well, I certainly don't have any desire to see an East India Company type scenario run by Eric Prince, uh, who is uh, one of the main uh, contractors in this area now. 
He's the guy who uh, ran Blackwater. They, so and he now got, he's got a new company. That's right. Because or Blackwater Black, by another name. Yeah, because Blackwater became a name that so much baggage attached to it. Dick Cheney, et cetera. Why, why drag me into this? <laughs> Uh, let's see. The idea that uh, blah, blah, blah. the idea that contractors with combat roles are a bunch of hack-ass morons, or HAMs in uh, military parlance, who just want to blow crap up and aren't as good as regular soldiers and Marines is absurd. Most of the guys I've interacted with in these roles are former uh, special forces. Um, what's SOF? Rangers or Marines? Uh, look at the resumes of the guys who defended the annex in Benghazi. Those are combat contractors. The biggest disadvantage using contractors in combat is that they can't call in the full force of the U.S. military when things get sticky. Mm. This has a tendency to end badly. See Benghazi. Or Fallujah, for that matter. That was long and probably pointless. Keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) Yes, sir. Right away, sir. That was not long and pointless. Thank you very much for the note. Well, I don't know how accurate the guy was on the other stuff about contractors, but he obviously was way off on that. And I'm guessing on purpose. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You, you've you long stated that activists on various topics can't resist the climate change. Perfect example. Oh, my God. I, I meant to talk about this. I heard a big NPR interview of Al Gore the other day about the new sequel to An Inconvenient Truth. And they talked to Al for a long time and about the sequel and it coming out, blah, blah, blah. And they did not once, did not tip their cap, did not wink their eye, did not make an oblique reference to how wildly, insanely inaccurate an inconvenient truth was. Bullshit. Now, if, if that isn't the worst sort of media bias, come on. You've got to actively try to overlook that. To not even mention it when you're talking Al Gore. Not slip in a single. Now, you had predicted that by now the oceans would have engulfed the entire East Coast. And <laughs> turns out you didn't even mention that, you liars. Anyway, uh, as you've made the point for years, activists can't just stick with the, the facts and what is true. They always overreach. That's a bad habit. Yeah. Shouldn't do it. Because, well, like me, I now am skeptical about anything he said because he completely lied about that part. So, Well, in the campus rape culture thing, three quarters of women have been raped or sexually assaulted or whistled at or heard a dirty joke. I mean, you people just overreach to the point that the, the, the Rolling Stone scandal, et cetera, et cetera, these tribunals where if a kid's accused of anything and gets heaved off campus, whether it's proof or not, you overreached. And so now you have this level of cynicism about allegations of sexual assault. Nice job. I think we should play that Lindsey Graham clip a bit uh, again. We played it uh, a while back. It's it's, it's one of the most extraordinary things I have ever heard in American government or politics. Honest to God, my entire life. It's something. Now, the New York Times, Washington Post, one of them claimed that uh, there, there was there was a like an intervention with Trump last night. Really? Including Bannon and, and Reince and others saying, you got to back off this whole Sessions thing. Really? You got to. Wow. So I don't know that's if that's interesting. true. Well, the whole thing's interesting. You got to stay tuned. This is wild. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I hope it stops. 
I'm 100% behind Jeff Sessions. The chairman of the Judiciary Committee sent a pretty chilling uh, tweet yesterday. Uh, there will be no confirmation hearing for a new attorney general in 2017. Uh, if Jeff Sessions is fired, there will be holy hell to pay. Uh, any effort to go after Mueller could be the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency unless Mueller did something wrong. Right now, I have no reason to believe that Mueller is compromised. If you got reason to believe he is compromised and shouldn't be serving as special counsel, let me know. So for the crowd that believes Trump is shredding the Constitution and destroying America, what can save the republic? Are you part of the resistance? <laughs> um, You're so precious. The Republican head of the Judiciary Committee said there's not going to be any hearings for uh, uh, an attorney general this year. I'm telling you, we ain't going to do it. You try to fire Mueller, it's the beginning of the end. That's pretty direct. I have never heard, well, not since Watergate, that I was only dimly aware of as a kid, but, you know, reading about it, you've heard that sort of shot being taken by Nixon's own uh, Republican brothers, um, but not since then. That's strong a warning? That's wild. Yeah, that that's basically saying you can't fire Mueller. R- right. Or you're done. Right. And you better leave our buddy Sessions alone. I mean, just wow, calling out the POTUS like that. Now, I don't have any idea how seriously uh, Donald Trump was looking into getting rid of Mueller. You know, they've been talking about it in the Washington Post and New York Times for a week now, but... I never have any idea if that stuff's real or not. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Lindsey Graham must have thought it was real to address it. Oh, yeah, clearly. I mean, you don't swing at somebody and you, unless you think you need to punch them. And so, if yeah, if, if, if Lindsey Graham had done that unnecessarily, that would just be a bizarre thing to do. How interesting. So you, you, you heard they had some sort of intervention or come to Jesus meeting yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. I didn't see that story. Because Bannon is a, is a Sessions guy. So Trump's really bucking everybody. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, Sessions is, um, <clears throat> he is either the creator of that Bannon then followed, or, I mean, Sessions is seen as the godfather of this entire Trump vision of America first and all this sort of stuff that Trump's been talking about that Bannon's really into, built right. a whole, you know, life around. Yeah. Sessions is seen as, as, the, as the guy that invented that sort wow. of point of view for all those kind of people. Yeah. Well, Trump has absolutely thrown him under the train yesterday. A bus wouldn't do, not heavy enough. Uh, talking about, yeah, he came to the rally, saw 40,000 people. He's a politician, so he jumped on board. There's no loyalty there. I mean, whoo! Wow. Yep. I uh, you know, I'm curious what um, Trump supporters' take on all this is. I don't know. Are you a big Trump fan? Let us know. Armstrong and Getty at Yahoo.com or text us. Does the text line work today? Uh, yeah. Or is it still yeah. having the problem? It works enough. Here's the number, 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. So has Trump done any tweeting about Sessions today, or I wonder if, if you know, it's over? He's heard from enough people, and he's he's going to back off. That'll be the end of that. I wonder. Uh, nothing today. Yeah, might be the end of it. And he's just going to have this weird, uncomfortable relationship with his attorney general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a bunch of Republican senators have come out and said, I mean, like John Cornyn, for instance, who's buddies with Sessions, but says, I can't imagine any future nominee for attorney general 
would have decided the recusal issue any differently from Jeff Sessions. That's what Mitch McConnell said. The leader of the Senate said Sessions did the appropriate thing in recusing himself. So that Senate Pat, Senator Pat Robert Roberts, rather Republican Kansas said it's very difficult, very disconcerting. It's inexplicable. I don't know why you have to tweet with regards to your feelings about people in your own cabinet. Uh, so there's there's nobody that's uh, backing Trump up on the whole, how dare he recuse himself? Why didn't he tell me ahead of time? Everybody says, well, he had to. He had no choice. Right. And so, would yeah, unless the, well, because he was involved in the campaign and he'd met with various you know, Russian diplomats, perfectly legitimate meetings, but he thought, all right, we'll make sure nobody can accuse me of being biased. I'll recuse myself, let old uh, Ben, what's his name, run it. That was a smart move. That was a good move. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. So the whole thing's exhausting. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. And, you know. It just never ends. Never ends, and it does never get to dealing with. And as I, as I heard somebody point out the other day, this, this, uh, we've yet to have a crisis in our new administration, a real crisis. Like, um, you know, we got to we're going to war with North Korea or the Middle East, or there's a big terrorist attack or something. Actually, you know, where we got to, mm-hmm. and you wonder how how things will go when there is a big crisis. There will be one. There always is one. When that happens, how 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 will it go? I don't know. It depends on the crisis. I mean, I can see Trump kicking ass on certain things. I mean, like George W. Bush kicked ass on certain things. There are other aspects of his presidency I thought were terrible, but. I could see Trump and, 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 and his peeps doing a fabulous job responding to certain things. Other things, not so much. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can have that certainty, given the fact that the Secretary of State or, or whoever can go out and make a, sat- a statement, and Trump will contradict them completely yeah. that day in a tweet. Yeah. George Bush wouldn't do that, would never do that. He had a team, and they would, you know, they'd come up with a plan that they'd all discussed together mm-hmm. and move forward. That's not what happens at all. In the Trump administration, so I, I don't, I don't know if we had a crisis if he would say something without talking to the military at all, without talking to Mattis at all. Uh, announced we're attacking and the Pentagon. Was, well, what? I, uh, yeah, interesting. I, I know there's a certain segment of the population, Trump fans, that wanted to chuck a Molotov cocktail into D.C. Me too, and and so they're fine with this. They knew there would be a period of of chaos, true that, and disarray. And it's a big middle finger to Washington. Now, you got to be happy with what you're getting then, because it's, it's crazy. I, you know, we, I don't mind a dose of crazy. It's, it's made, I mean, this, I don't know, Trump, how Trump is viewed by history. Man, I'd like to live to be 150, just so I could know that. The legislative branch, as we were discussing earlier, has found its balls. The Senate and, and Congress are saying, hey, we're a co-equal branch of government over here. We get a say in all this, and, and we're going to have it. After being lapdogs, after being pathetic for, you know, a couple of decades, and America thinking all there is is the president. The president solve all our problems. The president wears a red suit, has a white beard, and laughs ho, ho, ho at Christmas time. I mean, we've just become this childlike nation that doesn't understand how our government works. And now you've got the legislative branch kind of resurgent. Now, whether they're getting stuff done or not is, you know, a different question. But at least they're standing up for themselves. Now, now Lindsey Graham just said this on Fox News. 
anybody. All right, we're out of time, but I want to ask you, do, knowing Jeff Sessions as you do, do you think that he would resign, or do you think the president, if he wants to, is going to have to step up and fire him? I think the president's going to have to fire him. I would suggest quit humiliating Jeff. He deserves better. He's one of the most decent people I've ever met. He's a great patriot. He's a good conservative. He's trying to serve the president well. But at the end of the day, um, if you believe Jeff Sessions uh, is not the right mm. guy, fire him. Quit humiliating this good man. He deserves better. And most of us don't like what you're doing, Mr. President. He's saying fire him. Having wow. said on CNN, if he fires Jeff Sessions, there'll be hell to pay. Right. And that there will be no confirmation hearings even held for a new person. But that would be better than humiliating one of the most decent men he knows. That's how pissed he is. Interesting situation. Well, it's a slightly loaded question there. She said, should he should he quit or will the president have to fire him? And he was saying, well, he'd have to fire him because okay. Sessions isn't going to yeah. quit. I got gotcha. you. Um, from the text line... We had somebody who was going to stay, blah, blah, blah. I'm a Republican. I can't stand Trump. Okay, that's not the one I was looking for. I was a Trump supporter since the beginning, worked on his campaign. I believe President Trump is just extremely frustrated with the inactivity of the AG. But I also believe he's wrong about Sessions, and soon he'll come to realize that. You know, listen, the most charitable thing I can think of is that Trump's style worked for a very long time. It worked in development. It worked in TV where he, he was an enormous success, ups and downs, of course, but that's the, you ever meet a developer who hasn't had ups and downs, please introduce me to them. Um, but he was enormously successful in that, and if I was going to be charitable, I'd say he's failed to adapt to the different manner that is required of the president in the United States. Because you could bully, you know, the guy who, who owns the land into selling it to you, or whatever. Or I even mean, sm- it's hard, it's a bare-knuckled sport. Or even smaller level government people, right? Like you could bribe city council members, or this is all hypothetical stuff, or you could kind of posture against those people easier than you can elevated politicians that are entrenched in the D.C. circle, I would think. I don't know. I may just be making that up. I can't imagine what the next presidential election is going to look like. It might be. Every, well, you know, it's funny. You pointed this out the other a couple of minutes ago about the intelligence service does this. Um, and there are a lot of examples in, in life. Everything's a reaction to the thing that happened just before it. Could be the next election is incredibly reserved. And serious. And serious. And policy-oriented. Or it could be, you know, Dennis Rodman versus Meatloaf style. <laughs> I mean, just completely ridiculous. Could I could picture either one. What would be interesting is to see politicians that are normally reserved trying to act like Trump right, during the debates. And you know, Michael, you're so right because at least one will try that. Yeah, and you, it, takes, it takes a special character or talent to do it. Lion Ted will be back. Will a Republican run against the president? Yes, but will it be of any significance, or will it be kind of a you know, a, some some firebrand? Or will it be somebody with significant backing money, etc.? I don't know. The which. main thing is, though, and this gets left out of all the discussions of uh, the new slogan of uh, the New Deal or Better Deal better or whatever deal. it is. Yeah. You still need a candidate. You still need a person. You still need a face. Hillary was a person. Of that of that movement that is going to be better than Hillary. Hillary lost. So you, who, who's, who's the face that's going to be that message, you know, for the next couple of years? That exciting young Chuck Schumer? Maybe Elizabeth Warren? Maybe? Yeah. I think we unofficially just kicked off the 2020 season. <laughs> what about me? I'm not dead yet. <laughs>
What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, a man at the center of one of the biggest Trump brouhaha's has just left the country. And the very amusing story of the SoCal fugitives who shot a video of their jailbreak and road trip to San Francisco. Wow. Wow. Story coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Crazy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. New York Post headline, Macaulay Culkin no longer looks like a slob. There you go. <laughs> That's the kind of news I need. Well, he's done a... He used to look like kind of a meth addict meth head, uh, but he looks like a fine young gentleman now. There you go. Does he still have those big Angelina Jolie lips? He does. I don't think he Excellent. can do anything about that. You have a lip reduction. Mm. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the man at the center of one of the Trump brouhaha's has left the country. Attorney General Jeff Sessions flying to El Salvador to talk about gang violence with his future as the nation's top prosecutor still in doubt. He fled the country with Debbie Wasserman Schultz's IT guy. (laughs) He left today after a week of blistering public scorn from President Trump about his performance. All of this fueling speculation Sessions might resign, but he continues to forge ahead on his priorities. In El Salvador, he's going to meet local law enforcement officials and former MS-13 gang members and then tour a prison. Sessions has promised to get tough on MS-13 here in the States. That's a great idea. He has called the gang a top threat to public safety in the U.S. No doubt. I'm Googling extradition uh, policy with El Salvador. (laughs) (laughs) You think they're going to have to extradite Jeff Sessions? Come on. Meanwhile, three inmates who escaped a Southern California jail and held a cab driver hostage before getting arrested in San Francisco made a video about their wild week. They recorded their adventures with a stolen cell phone and set it to the Mission Impossible theme song. Bok Duong, Adam Nayeri, and Jonathan Chu escaped Santa Ana's central jail by going out an air vent and plumbing system tunnels. Then the video cuts to the men on the beach in they Santa Cruz. They videotaped the actual jailbreak? Yep. What the hell? And then the uh, video cuts to the men on the beach in Santa Cruz where one of them thanks the cab driver they kidnapped and had held for several days. You know, we were so grateful he decided to help us. This man is truly a hero. I wonder if people will ever realize what I'm talking about. Now, one of the men... That that is a cold, cold man right there. That guy who feared for his life every second he was in captivity. Boy, that's a cold-hearted human right there. One of the men took the cabbie back to Orange County and then turned himself in. The other two escapees went on to San Francisco, taking photos of themselves at the corner of Haight and Ashbury. Haight and Ashbury, baby. Classic. Then the uh, pair hid out in a van outside a Whole Foods store, smoking pot and drinking whiskey. This is our casa right now for the moment. This is our crib. Water. You know, all the basics. Wait, wait, you want some bananas? No, we don't have crack. We don't have crystal meth. We're smoking weed in bananas. <laughs> it's kind of bananas. San Francisco finally, uh, San Francisco police finally chased him down and arrested him. Then at the end of the video, one of the men offers an apology. He scared the hell out of people and caused a lot of anxiety and fear. And at the end of the day, I can't say I feel good about that. This was the end of their great escape. The hell. What the hell? (laughs) Is it part of that, what we were talking about earlier with that awful drunk driving death? 
it's, it's not worth getting out of jail anymore if you're not videotaping it and people are watching it. And posting it online. Nothing's yep. real unless other people are watching it and, and commenting on it. It is it is straight out of Natural Born Killers, the, the Oliver yeah. Stone movie. I mean, it's when they were committing the crimes while the while the cameraman was walking along talking to them. It's, everything has to be on video. It's, wow. it's so strange. Anyway, the end of their wild week on the lamb. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. And, you know, if you are, and take this from me because I've done a lot of it, if you're videotaping something or photographing it, you are not fully engaged in watching it. Absolutely. You're, You're trying to produce a good, you know, record of it. Which means you're not fully engaged in your kids' play or concert or whatever. And yet you go and a huge percentage of the people are doing it. Yeah. I finally stopped. And I started being 100% focused on what was happening. And I was glad I did. You know, I got a few videotapes. I may watch them someday of various concerts and all. But an interesting trend. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the petering out is on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. do a panel next Friday. We were talking over the last couple of weeks. We had Mike Rowe on to talk about this. Um, There are a lot of jobs out there, good paying jobs, that people don't want to do, I guess. Um, Jobs in the trades, like, you know, air conditioning and HVAC repair or plumbing, carpentering. Jobs that pay really well. I said there's like a cultural misunderstanding of what these jobs actually are. I don't know. If, I don't well, know what it is. Well, uh, combine well, that with the cultural craze that you must go to college and you must work in an office. That's the only life worth living. Yeah. But these jobs are out there, you know, where you can make six figures, live anywhere you want, do it the rest of your life, raise a family, and uh, I don't know. They go unfilled. But anyway, we want to have a panel of people that do those kind of jobs. Yeah, some in studio. We'll have some of y'alls on the phone. But if you can participate, 8 o'clock hour. Is that what we decided? Uh, a week from Friday. So that's what? the uh, What's that date? Well, August week, 4th. August 4th. Uh, it's a week from Friday. Um, if you can be available during the 8 o'clock hour, uh, email us at armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Spell it out. Armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Yeah. Uh, you know, just as an example, I love this note. It's from Anonymous Loser. We'll call you Al. Very interesting topic lately about the pay, etc. of the lower blue-collar class. I happen to be in the elevator union in San Francisco and could not agree with you more. Often people have college educations and are stuck in an office making, you know, however much he happens to say fifty to 70000 a year, but are perceived as being successful. I haven't heard a talk host bring ever bring up the elevator trade. So a starting first-year apprentice will likely make eighty dollars to $130,000 a year, depending on the overtime. That's your first year. A mechanic, which could take five years or more to accomplish, can make one hundred fifty dollars to $300,000 or more. I'm on pace to finish about 360000 this year. I've been mistaken for a janitor an Orchard Supply hardware store clerk, and even an Otis Spunkmeyer employee. That's the cookie company, right? Uh, I've been mistreated by people from all types of fields in the white-collar industries. Something. How about that? Talking down to him, treating him like he's crap. 
Uh, grateful I found my beautiful wife when I had nothing. You know, it's funny. I just had that same conversation with a gent the other day whose uh, marital life is somewhat more complicated than mine. I said, you should have married your college sweetheart. It makes life simple. Anyway, he says, sorry about the writing. I dropped out of high school my junior year. Your writing is fine, Al. So you make 300 some thousand dollars a year, but culturally, you're more respected if you made $60,000 a year typed into a computer in a cubicle more khakis and a polo shirt. Right. For some reason, and I have no idea why that is. Appreciate the sarcasm of signing off as anonymous loser. <laughs> oh, you're a loser, all right. Ah, uh, that's that's great. It, isn't it interesting? And, and the more you study this, the more disturbing it becomes, because you can look at all sorts of uh, examples through history, but a culture, a civilization, can be swept up with a notion or by a notion and get way off track. And everybody believes it and goes around repeating it. And then when it's all over and you look back on it, you can't believe anybody believed it at all or it, that it caught on. The idea that you have to go to college and work in an office. Otherwise, you have a miserable, contemptible life. Where the hell did that come from? Well, and a lot of it is parents who believe that's what they want for their kids also and would be disappointed if their kids decide, I want to be in elevator repair or whatever, mm-hmm. even though they make more money and have a more steady work. I'm pro-education, 100%. You ought to educate yourself through your whole life in, in whatever way pleases you. But um, the idea that college slash office job is the only way to have a happy life is just ridiculous. Skilled labor is hard. You have to learn stuff. <laughs> you, you 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 can uh, toss off in college and sit at a computer. True enough, it's the path of little resistance for people. Right. Some people. And there are some of these jobs that are physically demanding, too. And we'll talk to the panel about that. I mean, this is not some sort of... We're not recruiting to the, the machinists' union here. You know, we'll be honest about it. Some of these jobs, you you get worn out physically. Well, some of them you don't, though. Right. A lot of them you sure. don't. It's just, yeah. it's all cultural. It's all it's all people's view of these things, which is odd. Well, like you just said. Otis Spunkmeyer, they make the muffins. Yeah. Yeah, those muffins are not good for you. <laughs> no, the muffins. You ever looked at the nutritional on those things? Well, the, those, those, those kind of muffins, <laughs> that kind of food, that's my least favorite flavor on earth. Whatever that flavor is that's supposed to keep stuff moist. And oh, yeah. fresh seeming. Well, in the day, for, that was trans fat. I'm pretty sure what that. That's that's why it was there to make commercially baked goods moist. Whatever that Owner. flavor is that's supposed to make stuff taste fresh, I guess, or something. And that as it sits on the shelf for two weeks at the convenience store, that's my least favorite flavor. Two oh. weeks, it tastes and look fresh for like a year. <laughs> oh, that flavor! I can I can taste it when I think about it. I just hate that gooey, gummy, stick to your mouth flavor. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, terrible. It's... Man, if you're eating that stuff, stop. It's kind of a, it's the texture that's so off-putting. Ugh. Anyway. I had a mocha from AMPM the other day. It was horrible. <laughs> An Ampa mocha. <laughs> My filet from the Shell Station wasn't very good either. <laughs> well insulted, Sean. An excellent shot. Very nice. And that's what I told my son. I said, it's terrible. And I thought, oh, I know it does. I was just trying to air up my tires because I had a low tire. And my and my son said, uh, did you get it all aired up or is it flat? And I said, no, I didn't get it aired up. He said, how come? I said, because it doesn't work. He said, how come it doesn't work? I said, because this is a cheap gas station. Stuff at cheap gas stations doesn't work. <laughs> and this mocha is terrible. You know it's terrible? Because it's a cheap gas station. At cheap gas stations, the bathrooms are dirty. There's no wiper washer stuff. Their air thing doesn't work. And their, their stuff te- is terrible. If you pay two cents more a gallon, everything <laughs> is fine. <laughs> 
That's Daddy, my lesson. Stop yelling at me. That's my lesson. <laughs> oh, we, he's going again. <laughs> that is so disappointing, though. I understand. I ordered the Chilean sea bass at my local bowling alley the other night. Not good. <laughs> Here's our guest announcer. I, I got to tell you, Jackie Mason here, Armstrong and Getty, they call that talent. What do you mean, final thoughts? Did they ever have a thought? This is ridiculous. It turned into Larry King there at the end. And Jackie Mason? Really? Yeah. How's your Dick Nixon? Do you do John Wayne? I could hear the dust on that impression. We need to have a meeting after the show of whether or not we need to continue this. No, no, I don't think we do have that meeting. I'm telling you no. Yeah, Your Honor, the jury uh, doesn't need to deliberate. Here's your host, Joe Uh, Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. It's what we do. Positive Sean, final thought? Yes, Joe, we all know that knowledge is power, so I'm going to empower you by telling you that there is an Irish butcher who is making gin and tonic sausages. (laughs) That's all I got. Gin and tonic sausages. Well, I'm in. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Uh, Yeah, we still need more people for our blue-collar panel. We're looking for people that repair VCRs and rotary phones and also a cheerful cobbler. Somewhere (laughs) there's got to be a happy cobbler out there. Gobblers, famously angry, yes. always, for some reason. Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? <laughs> Gotta tell you that uh, Vince and my double date on Saturday coming together very nicely. Oh, we're, yeah. We're going to have dinner at uh, 4 p.m. This will be after Vincent and his date uh, go swimming. <laughs> They'll probably come in in their swimming costumes. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Vincent, what is your final thought, sir? The name of the day goes to Joseph Getty for the Moroccan alleys, but bon mot of the day goes to Jack Armstrong for, I mostly do ill with my nads. <laughs> <laughs> An unfortunate moment in the show. Jack, what is your final thought? Well, what's the most hated thing in Tennessee? Friends that ask you to help them move. That's mm. what they, they hate the most. But here's my favorite. What, what are y'all doing this weekend? What do they hate the most in Maryland? The idea that everyone has a soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a cynical little state, Maryland. <laughs> Uh, my final thought is, are you kidding? 300 GER plus for repairing elevators? I would do that if only it didn't involve a long shaft where you could plunge to your death. That is not the gig for me. Is there any job like that where you work on flat stuff? Email me immediately. You show up at every problem, though, and they see, uh, what's the problem here? It doesn't go up and down anymore. <laughs> ah, I've yeah. seen I've seen this one before. <laughs> it I'm strong and getty wrapping up another grueling four hour workday. See you manana. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. If Jeff Session is fired, there will be holy hell to pay. Uh, Any effort to go after Mueller could be the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.